0: Welcome to the Innate Flow Podcast. My name is Nate Baumgartner, and you are tuning in to a vibration in the time space continuum, communicating the wisdom, reflection, and awareness direct from the mouths of authentic truth seekers and spiritual warriors. Drop in with us as we uncover how we as individuals can begin healing our collective consciousness in a holistic and intuitive way. Sit back. Quiet the mind and open the heart as we integrate the here and now. Kyle Gray is a world class presentation coach, story strategist, and author who helps coaches, startups, and executives use storytelling to better communicate their unique value and improve sales with their audience. He combines timeless storytelling with cutting-edge marketing to ensure you've got the right story to tell while presenting on a sales call or in conversation, both online and offline. He's also the host of the Story Engine podcast, where he interviews top entrepreneurs about how to create a greater impact through storytelling, he has been a marketing and storytelling mentor for some really good friends of mine, and I am pumped to explore his world with him today. Welcome to the show, Kyle.
1: Nate, it's such an honor to be here. Um, the The space you've created for these kind of conversations, uh, I think, is really special. There's there's maybe a growing number of podcasts in this field right now. It's, it's really special to me because it's right at the cross-section of my work and my profession, but also what I'm finding a lot more is through my work and my profession, I undergo a lot of personal development and the lines have kind of blurred uh along the way, which is great news because I it's I I it's like a both and situation. And uh so there's so much that I, I'm excited to explore with you today.
0: And I'm I'm excited because of how adept you are at storytelling. And I imagine in coming to find that as one of your gifts, you have delved into your own personal journey in understanding and defining meaning from it. So I would love to start with your journey and exploring the highs and the lows of how you got to the path that you are on at present.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's been this uh, eternal kind of like gift and struggle of really being able to fully express myself and giving myself permission to fully express myself. I would say that uh, some of the earliest manifestations of what I do now started uh, in my late teens when I started playing in a band. I also was like a singer-songwriter solo solo person for a long time, wrote, wrote some songs and was like convinced. I always wanted to write the most different chord progression that was also as awesome as all the classics and write lyrics that would really inspire people. And um, there was was a lot of time where I just loved the music and I loved the creation and it would flow freely out of me. And then as I started placing more pressure on it and higher expectations of like I've got to be a singer songwriter. This has to be my profession. And if I don't do this, then I'm a washed out loser. And so that doesn't actually make for a very conductive songwriting environment. And I remember just like strumming on my blue guitar one day being like, I've got to write a hit song. I remember my roommate, uh, several of my roommates in college were all like metal aficionados that were just like writing these crazy things. And and I was just kind of doing my chords and stuff. I was pretty, I was good at guitar, but I wasn't metal aficionados. Um, so I was just putting all this pressure on myself broke a string, it almost whipped up and hit me in the eye. And I just remember like pushing my guitar under the bed for pretty much years, years. And um, <clears throat> yeah, there was like, uh, there, was, there was this painfulness to it. And, you know, just this, this uh, kind of like a wounding that I'd left myself. Um, a few years later, I had gone through college and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life anymore. Music wasn't there. All I knew is that I wanted to travel. And so I started finding opportunities um, through my university to do exchange programs. Like I spent a semester in Argentina. I did an internship in Peru, working with uh, some of the indigenous communities out there. I did an internship in Brazil, working for an airline and doing guerrilla marketing and learning how to speak Portuguese kind of, I mean, after learning how to speak Spanish, it's a little bit easier, but just learning a lot of things on the street having conversations and just immersing myself in the weirdest environments and, and figuring out how to survive in them. And I uh, started hearing about people who were traveling the world, working from their laptops and like building businesses that that would allow that to happen. And I was like, I want to do that. That sounds awesome. But I don't know how to do any of this. I'm, I'm like, I know how to speak Spanish, but that's not all that useful. And so <clears throat> I remember just like a couple of years of passing by. I was also getting a master's degree and just listening to like business podcasts and things. And it took a couple of years for me to try anything. I ended up, I think the first real business money that I made um, was I bought like a set of websites that I was going to use for SEO targeting. This was in like 2012. So kind of the the early middle ages of SEO. Um, and I had like plaidpants.net Gluten Free Crackers. Co. Um, and and random websites like that that I would pay people to write little articles on, and I would make ads for them, and then and people would click on the ads, and I'd make like a nickel. But that first nickel, I was like, I did it. It's I made paycheck. money that wasn't a a, a job money. And um, somewhere along that line, I was just talking about this with another person, but I read the book, uh, The Four Hour Workweek, which. You know, say what you will about Tim Ferriss, but that book for me poisoned my mind. And and when it when when I read it, like there was there was no going back. Um, I, I couldn't I couldn't see the world uh, as it used to be, and so I ended up developing my writing skills, networking, and and one of my first gigs that I got um after uh my university was uh, working for a startup. I was able to become an apprentice for a startup founder and take over the content marketing for his uh startup at the time which uh was the absolute throwing me into the deep end um challenge of my life but i also got to go i was i went he lived in australia and um i got to move out to chiang mai thailand and work remote from coffee shops in thailand and get a very bad us salary but a great thailand salary and um, yeah, thrown into the deep end and learning this incredibly valuable skill of content marketing. And so I worked for that startup for about a year and the first few months were really challenging. I wasn't able to create enough. It wasn't like the quality wasn't good. And I stopped, I learned to like stop relying on myself a little and start building a team of writers to help me and, and things started to click. And uh, that became uh, the foundation where I really built a system. And this this startup had a really good trajectory. And I was able to continue and accelerate that trajectory without people even really realizing that the founder wasn't writing the content anymore. And uh, this, I worked with them for about a year and then started um, trading my writing skills to, uh, I've I've just been in, uh, one of the biggest things that motivates me is um, I want to learn something from the people that I work with. Uh, I want, I, and, and so I found a, uh, I got introduced to a, a self-publishing company and they were like, we need a content manager. And I was like, I'll help you find them and I'll build the strategy. And so I learned everything about self-publishing books and then started like writing a few books of my own. Um, a few years are a little bit down the line and I'm kind of building my reputation and I, I find a company that teaches people how to speak from the stage and tell stories and use that as a, as a tool to grow your business. And I remember hearing that for the first time and remembering myself like on stage playing guitar and like creating experiences for people. And there was an aspect of that, that I really missed. And there was an aspect of that, that I was connecting to and writing these these articles that were helpful and actionable for business owners and and being able to to perform in a way and so i immediately gravitated towards this and offered my writing skills to this company um to help to help them with the same thing i did with the startup and in exchange to learn their things and go to their workshops and and learn the methods and <clears throat> this company early on was just a few people you know uh, just a, a a few people doing coaching but it grew quite rapidly and they started hosting these workshops where groups of 20 people would come and they would want to learn everything over the course of two days on how to um, position yourself as a great speaker or over the course of two days, write a keynote, 45 keynote present minute keynote presentation to sell these offers. And the first person they called when they needed to scale up because one person couldn't teach all these courses or handle all these volume Um, They called me and they were like, hey, you've been doing the writing for us, you know our stuff. Will you come help us teach these workshops? And so for uh, several years, along with running my own business, I'd regularly fly to, um, I was living in Utah at the time to Denver, Colorado to uh, facilitate these workshops or um, up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I got to work with uh, this guy named Pat Quinn who's one of the most incredible speaking coaches and and just got to be like his his uh, right hand in his workshops and just watch him teach people. And every time I like sat through a workshop, just watched him and learn things from a master time and time again and got to, you know, emulate what he was doing and share his stories and just spend a lot of time like the, the skill that I provided was somebody could come to me and in a very short amount of time, give me some sparse details and I could process that, and then give them back a story in the way that they've always wanted to tell, in a way that actually moves them, in the way that they've been hoping they could move their audience. And I I got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reps in with that. And uh, I I also was you know working in my own business for a while, and and well actually one of the one of the most important turns. There's kind of another thread to this is all while growing this business, I was also experiencing a lot of health problems in my mid to late twenties. Uh, my jaw felt like it was going to fall off my face. I was grinding my teeth racked with anxiety all the time, really bad sleep. And, um, I was just kind of like, so used to denying myself that I was just like, you know, inundated with the discomfort and just kind of ignored it. Um, And uh, I couldn't hike like a quarter mile without some serious knee pain uphill, not downhill, which is kind of a weird thing. Um, And uh, every time I tried to like fix one of these different problems, it seemed like another one would come up in its place. I would figure out how to take care of the jaw and then I would have a wrist problem or an elbow problem. And anyway, it took a couple of years and I found out I had a thyroid condition a couple of years more and it was actually an, an autoimmune condition and um at one of these uh so <clears throat> first off like i had to make some basic changes and figure out what was going on like cutting out gluten from my diet was one of the first things that like immediately alleviated the the anxiety that i was feeling and a lot of the there was like you know one one of the funny things about your body or like you know just your experience in health is like if i feel anxiety My brain doesn't say, this is gut dysbiosis. It says, I am not a good entrepreneur and I am about to fail, you know, but you're just experiencing some, your gut feels anxious, not you. Um, And so, uh, yeah, started, started working my way and fumbling my way and trying to figure out how to, how to be healthy. Um, And uh, at one of these workshops, it just so happened to be filled with all kinds of health and wellness experts. And um, I remember sitting down next to one woman and she says, hi, my name is Dr. Grace Liu and I help people overcome chronic autoimmune diseases through gut health. And so I said, um, oh, so your, your ideal clients must want this. They try and do this, but that happens. And she was like, oh, my God, you need to come work with me. And so um, we made an agreement where I would help her with her messaging and her presentations. I also helped her outline and ghostwrite a book. Using my self-publishing skills that I learned, and translate her message into a way that really landed for people, and she in return took me through um, a, a protocol to restore my gut health and and clean up a lot of the things that I was experiencing, and within a few months, uh, a lot of the the symptoms that had really like plagued me and defined me had all melted away, and and it was like it's the difference between you know, feeling like you have a cold or, you know, something, something like that to feeling healthy, you know, it's the same degree of magnitude um, when you're really like recovering your health. I had a whole new lease on life. I was stronger. I I am stronger now than I was in my early twenties. And uh, I have a value for my health. And so, you know, this, uh, this disease like taught me a lesson in a lot of ways. It taught me to take care of myself and listen to my body. It showed me uh, an audience, a group of people that could really use my skills and talents. And I was very interested in learning what they had to know. And they provided a lot of value for me, which then I could help them express to other people. And so I was able, uh, I've I've, uh, through also through like defining my skills and defining my niche Um, I started working a lot with health and wellness experts and, and, and building a a brand and a reputation in that specific marketplace, which was, was just such a wonderful gift. And it's so fun to work with those people, which also in, uh, you know, in, in a roundabout way helped, uh, lead me to more people who were doing transformational coaching, medicine work, and all of these things and started to, uh, integrate with these communities like in lifted where I met, uh, mark england um in 2019 at an event called paleo fx had him come onto my podcast and we had a couple of different adventures um and uh went through went through his coaching program and lifted and at first the first couple of years um i uh you know i was like learning it it was good personal practice and it was good to be helped coaching with that but the more that i you know just practiced with it and sat with a lot of these things the more parallels i saw between speeches and presentations and creating emotional experiences. And the more that I actually started, um, using creating a presentation with the clients that I work with as an act of transformation, because I find that through the process of like digging through people's stories for some stories to tell. I'm trying to find emotions. I'm trying to do what all all the personal development people are doing. And I want to find that moment that you feel vulnerable and you feel scared. Because that's what we want to hear, people. We don't want to hear that you're cool and have it all together, not yet at least. And so we dig into that. And, And also I've noticed that the people that come to work with me, they're not, you know, they want to make more money, but they're like, I'm about to launch a new product. I'm about to showcase myself in a different way. I'm about to step out there in a whole new level. And they need to, they, they want to enroll people in a really big idea that they're passionate about. And we make sure that the speech they write enrolls them in it first. And that starts by doing a lot of the language of the inner work and your inner identity before we can express it in outer and so it's come full circle where i use both of these styles to create a presentation and and i'm really proud to say that i facilitate healing in my own way uh through through language and through the people that i work with and so that's that's the story
0: what i'm hearing in in your own personal story is the the hermetic principle that as above, so below, where you found yourself in this space of you know having gut dysbiosis, having an autoimmune disorder, and in coming into healing that, I imagine it supported you in down regulating, in creating more spaciousness in your body, so that you could yourself be a better presenter to further understand people's stories, what people's needs were so that you could better market to them and support them in expressing their journey more clearly and in a compelling way. I would love to dive into the Enlifted work and how that in particular has really, through your own healing, supported you in facilitating people's deeper understanding of themselves so they can really communicate that deeper message of who they are and why they're here on stage talking to you or what their product is and why okay. you should buy it.
1: I have a perfect story for it. <clears throat> so I have a I have a group program called Story Pro, which which is is a lot modeled after and lifted. I'll teach group content and then people will also have one-on-one calls with me where we'll craft stories together. Um, and so these people will come up, people come onto their one-on-one calls with me. And this, this person's name was Donna and Donna was a nutritionist and she hops onto her 60 minute call with me. And she's as stressed out as, as somebody who's might be on there and lifted call. You know, she's like, God, I'm stressed out. I have these, you know, I'm, I'm working with women that have hormone problems and I'm helping their hormone problems. And, and that's good. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a problem. What's going on? She's like, well, I really want to work with parents and children with ADHD. And I'm having trouble with focus. Like, I don't know if I can work with them and focus on this new audience. And I'm just realizing that I have ADHD. And I have been looking back on my life and decades of dopamine driven decisions that have led me every which way. And I keep thinking to myself, if my parents had only known, they could have done something. And so I respond, Donna, do you want to play a game? Um, because she's this is not the attitude that we need to write a speech. Hopefully this is obvious to everybody here. She's not ready to write a speech right now. So I ask her to play a game. It's the one word game, friends. So if any of you are familiar with it, I'll, uh, and if you're not, I'll explain it, or how, at least how we applied it. I had her write out this amazing sentence that, that she just stated. If my parents had only known, they could have done something. I have her write it out, and then I say, read it out loud for me. Take a big breath. Read it out loud. Big breath. Read it out loud. Big breath. She does it. How does that feel? Not good at all. You're doing great. That's perfect. That's exactly what we want. Okay, let's change one word. If I had only known, I could have done something. Read, breathe, read, breathe, read, breathe. How's that feel? Better. Still not great, but but better. Okay. I know now I can do something. Okay. Okay. Now we're now we're talking about something. I ask her, hey, what are what's one of the reasons that you think a parent wouldn't want to work with somebody like you. And immediately she's like, oh, well, they wouldn't want to like diagnose their child or put a diagnosis or a label on their child and open up this whole can of worms. So a lot of the times they'd rather just ignore it. Donna, what does that lead to? Decades of dopamine driven decisions.
0: Ding, 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 ding. Yeah.
1: I know now And that's why my message is so important. Okay, now we're ready to write a speech. Donna, tell me about a time in your family that you saw somebody exhibiting ADHD symptoms immediately. Oh, my grandson. I remember one day he was bouncing off the walls, running around, and... The boy's father, my son, is shouting at him, trying to calm him down, trying to get him under control. And they both end up just frustrated and exasperated. And I see them both there drifting apart, not coming together. And I look at that young boy and I see myself in him and I realize what's going on. He has ADHD. And not long ago, I realized that I had ADHD. And I just started looking back on decades of dopamine driven decisions that have led my life in every which way. And I just wonder if that's what's in store for him. And I think to myself, if my parents had only known they could have done something. And so the line that was the most disempowered line at the start of the call became the line that overcame the the biggest objections. And we didn't change I mean, we changed all the words and then we put them all back and it was a totally different experience and it was exactly what she needed to say.
0: Shifting people from being in a victim story about their story into the radical ownership over their story so that they can communicate it from a place of clarity and awareness, which is largely what coaching as a whole, or at least our niche of coaching, doing the emotional healing coaching, the story work coaching, that allows us to get first clear and through our victim stories so that that we can get clear on what it is that we want to create with our lives. And that's a really beautiful thing to empower people to be able to communicate.
1: Yeah, yeah, very well articulated. And this this is kind of what I mean by creating a story that enrolls you in the same way that you want to enroll your clients.
0: Yeah. Through the past two and a half years in going into the pandemic, going into this global space of, you know, people feeling very disempowered. I'm curious what your experience has been. I'm seeing messaging, seeing marketing from governments, from organizations about, what's happening and then coming from a discerning place about understanding the way that things are functioning in the way that the world is working and shifting what was your processing of that through through your own individual experience
1: um there is this is it's been a really interesting time to have talents and skills i like Feel like it's a bit like the dark arts in some ways. Um, the the tools that I use to evoke these emotions, you know, are also used very proficiently by many people with many different um, motivations. And um, the the pandemic was was an incredibly challenging forcing function for for me personally. Um, I at the time before the pandemic, I had like a team of five uh like copywriters and landing page designers and I was I had this whole agency that I wasn't managing that well but we were we were making okay money and it was and um just when the pandemic hit it all fell apart and I just had to take ownership and just be like I'm a presentation coach that's all I offer that's all it is and this is my value Mm -hmm. and so started going on that path um and um yeah it was a time where uh you know uh people were were very scared and um a lot of the times i you know early on through the pandemic it was very frightening and and uh challenging times for me too and i didn't know what to do and and yeah just kind of like pulled up like a lot of people um this was also a time uh fortunately this was about the time when when a lot of this stuff started going down that i was doing a lot of the unlifted things and um i remember uh so the pandemic started in like March and by August, um, somebody in the community of all the ones that you mentioned, Chris Marhefka invited me out to a men's retreat in Colorado. Um, which, uh, was absolutely terrifying and stretching for me. Like I was terrified. I hadn't been like exposed to that big of a group of people at all. You know, they didn't seem to care a shit about any of it. And that was kind of new to me. Um, and, uh, it was also a really unique group of people. It was like uh, at this particular retreat, I found the men were relating to each other in a really unique way. There was no like positioning or trying to be the, the toughest, strongest, like everybody was being open and being kind and and like really holding space for each other, which was something I, I really had not seen. Um, but yeah, and it connected me with a with a community of people who were who were thinking really differently. and you know, i I had some skepticism of, of my own about what was what was going on and what was the right move. and there was, you know, a lot of different things. But I found myself being in a place that I, yeah, I, I uh, you know, didn't want to be in and and uh, through, you know connecting with this community and and really finding people who shared a similar set of values, like as as somebody who's been, Self-employed, um, you know, I I live an artist lifestyle. Um, the world is really like set up in a very contrary way. Like pe- most people's expectations about the way things work, and you know, just just the way the tides of life, they don't they they seem very contrary to how a uh, a self-employed person like cable companies will you know give half off for their new clients. You know, but what a great way to piss off your current clients. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I could know, I, I mean, I, I could do something like that, but it's, it's not actually a viable strategy. And just, you know, a lot of the way that culture, you know, just an everyday and everyday thinking works, doesn't really, uh, so, like understand somebody like me. Only, only in, only because of the, uh, the, the PPP loans were the first time that the word self-employed. You know was even mentioned in any kind of legislation ever um so you know that's oh oh, woe is me but like you're going against the grain in this world and it's really important to find people that that can support you and hold the space and the fact is that it's 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 quite rare and so i feel that the communities you know that that we've mentioned and are alluding to um have a really important role Uh, in leadership in the future and in supporting each other. Cause I, I believe more and more, this is a very um, important time, you know? And, and yeah, like the, the, the thing that's been amazing to me, you know, and like seeing the mainstream narrative is like, there was a whole bunch of news reports talking about um, COVID and then everybody was talking about or like all these same news broadcasters showcase russian television propaganda and they're like look at this propaganda look at the move the moves that they are using to convince their audience and it's literally the same stuff that they were doing to us and i i just am astounded um and and i get i i get angry watching commercials a lot of the time because i think about i like think about persuasion all the time and i just see how they are like um, making a plea to the very lowest, you know, basis, then it's a commercial. Of course, you've got to do that. It's a huge audience, but it's still, I'm just like, do they, do they think I'm not done?
0: It's selling um, from the lower energy of fear versus helping people to sell from love, to sell from a place of truth and have people re- resonate with that universal truth that speaks to each of our humanity.
1: Yeah, and and I believe that. Uh, right now, more than, more than ever, where we're, we're facing, you know, realistically, we're, we're facing some uncertainty on levels that, that, uh, is, is, you know, close to unprecedented. Um, if not like, you know, we've very rarely been at this kind of point. And, um, I believe more than ever that we really need people who are tapped into their very best abilities and leadership. I believe that us as a species, um, we have all of the innate talent within us um, and, and people need to get out there and express it and, and and like express their leadership. And, you know, for some, it can be helping people heal. Like, I believe, you know, I believe a third of the, of the United States, if not more, experiences that same gut dysbiosis anxiety that I was talking about on an almost daily basis or something just like it, and they think that it's because of the other political people, um, and people are just, you know, that. And there is scary things in the world happening, but like we're we're not we're not taking a lot of like personal responsibility for, you know, our bodies or our states of mind or these things. And so, like somebody who's working at their best, helping people heal. Not only makes one person to think more clearly, but hopefully they can have a better family and I feel like all of us you know we we need to be doing doing our part right now and stepping up and like people who are you know listening to this you're you are at the point of leadership that this world needs more than ever, and um we we may face some challenges soon, and this is really your time to guide people through this and and create this vision like we we will like this is the challenge that you know uh, uh, we've been preparing for
0: yeah i get the question a lot of what do i feel about x y and z happening on the news the situation with russia and ukraine or a presidential election and back at the start of the pandemic i completely stopped watching the news because of how much anxiety it was creating in me or that i was allowing it to create in my world. And in doing this work and doing the Enlifted work, I've also worked with Chris Marhefka and training camp for the soul and gone to their retreats. And it allows you in looking at your own emotional responses to begin deciphering what it is that you have control over in your immediate sphere. And first reclaim that rather than projecting all of your fear onto everyone else and then having that reflected back to you in the media that you're consuming.
1: Mm-hmm. And and yeah, like I like I you know, just like it is for that the world is set up to make it very easy for us to remain in that pattern. And and yeah, like we're we're doing the hard work of of actually you know it's everybody is finally taking up the pen to writing their own story instead of just like letting it passively be be written for them by the you know some narrative of expectations that were never really ours but we thought
0: they were maybe Mm. one one really big tool that I have found in supporting me in deciphering the narrative in finding my own internal truth has been plant medicine psychedelics as um, i use that to you know support me as the mirror to see myself reflected back to me in different ways and really learn myself in a deeper state of awareness and consciousness and connection with what i believe is my soul how have Plant medicine supported you in your own journey, your own processing of your story and how you envision your life and growth.
1: Yeah, um, I uh, I experimented lightly with with various plant medicines in my 20s and and uh, more so in the last couple of years. And I feel that they have been um, a really big conduit for for change and transformation and um, have allowed me to connect with uh, a spirituality that uh, I had severed um, in my early twenties and um just through various experiences on, on different medicines and we can go into details if you let's go if you'd like. Um but uh there's yeah there's been you know one of the uh uh at, at this Hafka retreat was one of the more powerful ones that that helps change the course for me. Um, uh, there was a lot that of ceremony that kind of led into this uh psilocybin journey, but I, I decided that I wanted to in this journey um visit myself in the uh future
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and reflect on my relationship to commitment to myself and what what I wanted. And uh, I remember uh setting up a hammock Um, i had an aspen tree at my head and a pine tree at my foot and i lay down into this hammock and put a blindfold just like this one over my eyes and i start feeling easing into uh, this moment and i actually travel back in time and about 100 miles south to color another place in colorado where i had my first psilocybin experience when i was about 23 or 24 and I remember myself just after that experience going down the mountain. And I remember like just kind of looking down on myself from the sky and thinking, uh, and just knowing who I was then and what, what lied before me. And I thought, Oh, Kyle, like, you have no idea what's coming your way, the adventures, like the love, the pain, the challenges, and you're going to do great. Like I have so much love for you and you're, you're going to do great, you know? And, uh, that was the message from the future. Mm-hmm. like it turned it around, and I was like, "Oh, that's what you have to say. Um, which was really powerful, which which created a uh, um this this sort of powwow between ages various ages of Kyles, which has been a theme in various plant medicine journeys. So there was a forty ish year old Kyle, there was thirty four year old Kyle me. Um, there was the, the 24-year-old, there was a the 19-year-old, and then their, the real showstopper um, was this uh, nine-year-old who uh, was climbing up a tree at my parents' house. And uh, I loved climbing. There were these aspen trees that I was, I was a fearless monkey jumping from each branch, just swinging around all the time. Um, I loved climbing trees. And I remember one time climbing up this tree so high and seeing my parents' second story bedroom window and I'm above it and I'm like, yeah, I'm high up now. And snap. And I start falling down, hit every branch on the way down. Bam, 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 bam. Face. And I still, we probably can't see it on here, but I still have this Harry Potter scar on my forehead to this day of this big gash in my head. My parents come running out trying to put butterfly band-aids on my head or like, you know, do first aid. And I have this scratch on my forearm that's really long. And my concussed child logic was like, this scar is longer. So you need to worry about this. I'm like insisting my parents attend to my forearm while they're looking at this gash bleeding out of my <laughs> face. Um, <clears throat> So why why is that story important? Um, I relived it. And I felt that like... You know, I I could have died. I, I I should have been very injured, but the tree that hit me, you know, the branch hit me each way down. It like saved me, and I felt a connection to this aspen tree, which was also something. The aspen trees, you know, were present in Colorado at 24, and the aspen tree was what I was sitting under, um, in my in my hammock, uh, just in the in the ex- the moment I'm going through all of this. And uh, I just remember feeling like this, oh man, all of, all of this life, you know, when I've ever been sad or I've been scared, it's just been me missing the aspen tree because it's like protecting me. And uh, I'm like going through this like revelation and, and one of our, like, they have people who are sober coming around and making sure everybody's good. He comes, this guy named Bobby comes up to me. He says, Kyle, are you, are you all right? And I say, human Bobby, I've been waiting for you for so long. I'm doing great. I'm so well taken care of, but would you get me an Aspen branch? And he says, an Aspen branch. I'm like, yeah, he's like a live one. And he's like, yeah. I say, yeah. And he looks up and his interpretation of live is a little bit different than mine. I was hoping he would like snap one off and then put it down, but he took it more seriously than me and wanted to make sure it was still attached, but the branches were too high. But, um, Aspen trees have this uh, a tendency to like spread their roots down, and then little saplings will come up. They're actually one of the largest organisms on the planet, or they are the largest organism because just one tree could be a whole forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of experienced that in a temporal way as well. Um, and so he looks down and sees that my my right hand is like actually gripping onto a pine branch pretty hard. And if I just let go and open up my hand and move it over an inch, then there's a little aspen tree sapling that I touch and just have this like, you know, God moment. Um, and that that really like nourished me in a lot of ways and and changed the course of my my life. I, I went to several other, you know, um, retreats and kind of meetups and there were several other moments or things, but I ended up leaving a relationship that just really wasn't serving me, I really wasn't happy. And, and then a few months later, um, ended up just like planning a vacation for myself to come out to the big island of Hawaii and be around for uh, five days. And um, I ended up extending that trip, you know, for a, through the weekend for a month. And now it's been I've almost been living here for two years. um, And uh, I believe like, you know, that that medicine journey allowed me to to change the course and, and, you know, redefine what I wanted. I came out to a new place and and really, again, redefine my, my spirituality, um, my relationship to my masculinity, my creativity, my femininity, um, and just myself in general. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's been a, a really these last couple of years as, as challenging they've been and and I'm grateful for the blessings that I've, I I've, I've received during this time. And, that I've I've had the the ability to navigate this in the way that I have, um, but this has been some of the most powerful times of of growth for me, and uh, you know it's it's a no small part because uh, of how challenging the world is will will force you to wake up or and and think in a different way or or I guess not if but, you allow uh, it, did it for to me. me
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah what what that speaks to what you're describing is. The power of plant medicines to really support us in understanding how in relationship everything is. What's happening, friends? I'm interrupting this episode to talk with you about something of incredible importance. We live in a time where there is much polarization and fracturing in the world, so much so that much of our society has internalized this energy, creating symptoms of depression, anxiety, and other mind viruses. This is why the world needs you now more than ever. It needs your integrity, your empowerment, and your capacity to serve the world most fully with your gifts. And one of the most powerful allies that I have encountered in my healing journey has been psychedelic mushrooms. I imagine you've heard of microdosing, but may not know where to start. This is why I created the Plant Medicine Mastery Program. Over six months, you will build a foundational relationship with these plant medicine teachers in a safe and effective way, while connecting with the deeper truth of who you are and why you're here in this life, befriending the different parts of yourself, and building vision for your life within a supportive community. Through the wisdom of mystery traditions and sacred healing practices, you will build a practical tool belt for living with intention and creativity allowing you to shift from being stuck in a fight or flight response towards your own life into creating the dream version of it. Reach out to me at innate.flow on Instagram to schedule a free discovery call and see if the immersion is right for you. Sending love. You know, how connected we have the opportunity to be with, with nature and how in integral relationship we get to be and to define meaning in our relationship, like having community, having brotherhood in in these retreats that lasts a lifetime and that we can really feel the deep connection and support in this brotherhood when we're feeling low. Like it can be very isolating. I, for myself, I just stepped into entrepreneurship about six months ago, filed my LLC and being a solo entrepreneur, I imagine being the owner of a small business, it can be isolating having that position of leadership and responsibility of you know creating and being the the owner of this business. Both you know metaphorically in the things that you are putting forth to the world, and also like very um, physically in it being your responsibility to create your income and be in ownership of that. What what is that? um, process been like for you in really coming into your own as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. One of the things I think, um, there's, there's this, um, what is it? It's like the opposite of a correlation, you know, with success, sometimes distances ourself from what we ultimately want because we haven't calibrated our success properly. And this is something I've experienced and I see this happening a lot with the clients that I work with. And what I mean by that is we develop a skill that's useful, that we can sell, we can get people some cool abs or write sales pages that sell stuff or whatever we do. And we start becoming successful, building a business in that, we get clients or you know whatever it is. And after a while, the success that we have um, you know takes up a lot of time and energy to maintain, and we actually don't have as much time to do whatever the original passion was or be in touch with whatever that original vision we had like to be able to like in, in my example, I wanted to live and travel, I wanted to work for my laptop live and travel. I did that for about a year, but I was working for somebody. It wasn't all the way there. And then I came back and I started working for these companies and I was traveling to workshops all the time, but I couldn't travel the world anymore because I had to fly to Milwaukee or Denver. And so, you know, I was working hard and I was, I was making like, I was making okay money. It wasn't great, great at the time, but I was getting by and supporting myself. And um, then uh, again, when like the pandemic happened, I like cut away a lot of the things. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go try and like feel out what it's like on Hawaii. And I'm like, this is, this reminds me of exactly what I was like when I was traveling. And so I uh, like just decided to stay here and it's transformed how I do my business and who I work with people. And so the same thing, your success can actually start to block you or distract you from your vision. And it starts to take up so much inertia and momentum of running the day-to-day things of your business or keeping the emails going and doing the whatever stuff that takes so much time, but all of a sudden we can't get in touch with our vision anymore which is why people really enjoy working with somebody like me, because we can, first of all, you have the space, like just by marking it in your calendar, and I'll be able to hold space with somebody like you, and we can get there faster. We can articulate your vision faster, because a lot of these people, they don't have time. And the worst thing ever, whether you're successful or not, is trying to stare at a blank screen and figure out why am I, why do people care? Mm. Um, and so having somebody that can reflect you through that process faster um, it can also help you retune into that vision that, you know, created the success because your role, I would assume even as a coach, even a lot of you out there, whether it was self-employed or not, like your primary role is visionary and crafting a vision that is inspiring enough for you and hopefully clients and maybe team members and other people to follow. And and so we we've got to make space for that
0: even as um, entrepreneurs, like you're saying, we can become very ego identified in the the day-to-day processes, the things that are perhaps out of alignment, but that keep our business going, which is why it's important that we learn these tools like you're describing of doing the vision casting, really having that profound why, that dream, that keeps you going that fills you up and creates joy for the day-to-day mundane activities of you know running your business
1: absolutely yeah and that's i think what what you know what we signed up for like a lot of people when they go into this world of business you know i've see i see it with health coaches i see it with all kinds of coaches, they, yeah, they have a vision that they're excited for and they jump in and they feel like they put themselves back in another box, whether that was working for the gym or working for corporate or working for these things. And yeah, they've like constrained themselves for, for some reason. And, and it just like, it takes, you know, a perspective shift and, and just a new, a new paradigm um, to, to get there. And yeah, it's both an inward and an, and an outward journey, but that's also why I think that, being a coach and being an entrepreneur is one of the greatest ways to like develop yourself because you you are always going to be forcing yourself to evolve and be better, um because it's 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 the really the only way to to succeed if you if you're not pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone then you'll you'll stagnate and so you're consistently challenging yourself and learning new ways you know I and and hopefully there there's also plenty of time you know you can make To like create one of my challenges is actually allowing myself to live more lifestyle in my business, you know, actually being like, okay, I can take a little bit of time off to play guitar or write poetry or do something that doesn't feel business productive, you know, just to to create that space.
0: I was listening to to one of your episodes, it was your birthday episode about Mm. you learning how much you enjoyed producing music, you're coming from you know high school or your your youth when you played a lot of music, you created a lot of music, coming back to finding joy in that music production. Talk to me about that exploration of the creative process and, yeah, finding yourself in that in the joy that you're able to create for yourself in that
1: yeah. Well as I've said it's it's been part of my like expression and I feel that the work I do is an extension of it in a lot of ways and at the same time you know I feel that there's a lot more of me to be expressed and there's part of me this creative a little bit more vulnerable a little bit more childlike essence that comes into making music uh, that I am reconnecting with in many ways and and have yet to reconnect with and many more i see a lot of possibility uh over the last couple of years i've been traveling to different events seeing people do dj sets or or um this island is really big for ecstatic dance which is just kind of a dance where um the rules are you like you know be however weird you need to be. dance with yourself you know don't talk to anybody else on the dance floor um you can like communicate or like You know if there's consent but it's like mostly just have your own experience um and i've also seen people doing like guiding people and giving prompts and doing looping music and there's been lots of cool things and i was like there's all these things and i'm excited and i want to try something out and um over the course of about you know a lot of 2021 i was piecing together these ideas and ended up getting invited to a a retreat um where um, a creativity music retreat for entrepreneurs and the uh, I was telling him of this vision of like I want to make like a dance experience where people are doing Wim Hof breath work at first and then I slowly get them up and give them different prompts and like walk them through a vision of their like perfect day um, through dancing and then put them back on breath work and he's like you should do that at the retreat and i said oh my god that's in like 2 months like i was like maybe i'll do this in like in 6 months i'll be ready
0: you have a that shit
1: yeah exactly and so it came down and then i i like had i was like okay i uh, there was like the creative constraints were there and started learning on youtube i got a, i had an amazing teacher um uh his name is cloud cord really cool lo-fi producer um, who has great great music? I recommend anybody check him out. Um, but uh, yeah, really brilliant with this software called Ableton, and he showed me how to put this together. And then in in just a couple of months, I started walking people through this, you know, experience, which has now become a, a whole new tool in my business. Like it's it's fun. I have them do breath work. I have like these audio clips of like Alan Watts being like, if you could dream any dream you wanted to dream you know, and, and just walking people through this whole experience. I have them, I loop my voice breathing, which was also inspired in the unlifted calls by seeing Brandon Powell doing all of his wild stuff. Um, And so looping in my breathing over this and guiding people through, and then slowly people giving prompts, like you're waking up and it's the best day of your life. And on this best day of your life, you've got quite an appetite. And so I want you to go down in the kitchen and I want you to start making breakfast, but not just any breakfast. I want this to be the sexiest breakfast you've ever made. Show me what that's like. And then drop the beat and see how people are like dancing and grooving and they're having fun. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we're persuading them. And now they're like, okay, I'm on the best day and I'm having fun. I'm having breakfast. And then, you know, it's slowly like we're, we're slowly leading them in a little bit more. And like another one's like, this is this is one I like. I like kind of play a trick on them, but uh, it, it needs to be done to get them to this point. I play a song and I'm like, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. Like, I want you to feel gratitude for all the people that have helped you along the way. And everyone's like, yeah, gratitude. Oh, yeah. All these awesome people, they helped me. That's great. And then, um, this is also another thing I think I saw on one of the Unlifted calls first. And then in the the next song, I'm like, there's somebody who deserves even more gratitude than all those people who woke up next to you every day, no matter what you are feeling, and stuck through it with you. Then I have these Snoop Dogg clips. Last but not least, I want to thank me. I want to thank me for always believing in me. I want to thank me for taking no days off and never quitting. And and just like, yeah, having people really dance to gratitude for them for themselves, but they wouldn't have been able to. They are like, I feel, at least in my theory, they would be more resistant to just being like, oh, yeah, I'll dance in gratitude to myself and listen to Snoop Dogg talking about how cool he is. But because we got them used to gratitude and warmed up, we also we got to them loving themselves a little bit, which is kind of harder to do. And so we're just like persuading them a little bit more each time to like get closer to this feeling and this vision and they're having fun and they're integrating it with dancing. And, you know, so this, this is a great tool for me because it allows me to go to different events and things and offer something absolutely unique that most people in like business worlds are like, I have no idea what that's like, let's try it out. Um, I get to express myself more. And uh, it's like a totally different kind of weird version of me.
0: I've been doing something similar in um, creating ancestral breathwork journeys where I'll create a playlist and then guide people through this breathwork meditative process of connecting with their ancestors, with the things that they want to give gratitude for in their ancestry, Mm -hmm. with the things that they want to release from their ancestral connection and really tap into the power with their breath and up regulating into the flow, down regulating into the peace and calmness of that and you know, I, I imagine it's even power when people are dancing and connecting in the physical realm as well. It's really beautiful that that you have created something from from the heart from that place of newness that that you get to to step into and become even better at and to you know pursue as a craft what is your edge at present? Where do you see yourself growing? And perhaps there's a little bit of fear around this thing um, mm-hmm. that you are really, you know, in the process of, of forming yourself in a new way.
1: I would say that, well, there's there's a couple of things. Um, uh, the first is, I, I've I've said it a few times, but I feel there's ever more of me to be expressed. And what that means is me, you know, I've created these things and, you know, I could value my time doing that a lot more that I don't fully allow myself to do. I could be creating more or, you know, a lot of the times, like, like I mentioned, the, the success I have sometimes gets in the way. It's great. I live on an island now and it's beautiful. And the time zone is so that um, I start my calls at like 8 or 9 a.m. where I usually had that when I lived in Utah locked off as my private creative creation time. And I'm not as, you know, and maybe this is a story, but I'm, I'm not as sharp or motivated in the afternoons. And so like, there's, there's not quite as much time for that in the same way, or I haven't been giving myself uh, that, that permission to also have the space to really explore and and hone those creativities. And, you know, there's a mixed blessing of like, when I get, you know, the work that kind of needs to be done for the day, then I I would rather kind of be outside, which is is good in a lot of ways. But uh, you know, it's having love for myself and and you know, loving like I haven't done a lot of writing, you know, in a long time, and really loving myself to hone that craft that I know is a beautiful and essential part of me, and and really taking the time to uh, uh, make my music again, write a song again, get a time to have a performance, learn a new skill. And, and build all of that time. And, and sometimes, you know, if I I have this edge of like, if I'm, if I'm not hyper-focused at work, then I just allow myself to be pretty relaxed and I'll play a video game or I'll go on a bike ride or I, I won't continue the kind of development um, anymore. And so I think that actually, and so to, to sum this up, what I feel I've done is I've re- I've worked really hard to create a lifestyle business And I haven't quite given myself permission to fully live the lifestyle portion of it. Mm. Although I'm very successful at it in many ways, I I have to give you that and I'm so grateful. And there's still so much, there's, there's, uh, there's a large portion of me that remains hidden that, that uh, is, is needs to come out.
0: As with, you know, any person who is deeply successful in their craft, it's, the the process of expanding and you know letting yourself really pursue what it is that that fills you up and you mm-hmm. know having that deep self knowledge of of that pursuit giving yourself that permission i would love to hear your practical actionable steps for someone who is a new entrepreneur to begin first taking ownership and defining their story to better communicate it to the world? Yeah,
1: uh, there's a couple really easy ones. First thing you need to do is really understand who you're talking to. And a lot of people who are early on, they have this problem of like, oh, well, I want to talk to everybody. And the person I'm talking to today won't be the same as tomorrow. And so they have a hard time picking. And I've, I've been there too. But um, it's better to pick a bad target and aim for it than to always be waiting for the perfect target. And by picking and aiming for a target, you'll learn things, and then you'll see a new target and get better. But unless you do that first step, which a lot of people spend so much time worrying about, like, well, what does my logo look like, or what colors on my website am I going to use, and that doesn't matter at all unless you know who you're speaking to um, and what kind of offer you're creating for them. Once you know who you're speaking to or have a clear idea uh, of who of who the person you really want to serve is then it's like important to understand like what their experience is, like what's the problem that they have that you solve. And it's not good enough to just tell me all of the smart ways that you have to solve the problem. Thank you. But no, I need you to tell me that you understand me on the same deep level, you know, that I need to be seen. And so you need to be able to like know what I use, the language that I use to describe my experience, whether, you know, it's a fitness challenge, health challenge, marketing challenge, personal challenge, whatever it is, you need to know what they talk like when they're having coffee with their friends saying, I just can't take it anymore. And when we really start to learn what the the Billy story, so to speak of our audience, then we can start to use that language and, and use it to navigate like, okay, when did I feel like my client does? Okay. And then usually a story will come up. A lot Mm -hmm. of times the people I work with, they're like, I haven't thought of this one in years. And then we, we can tell that story and lay on the customer language. And this is how we start communicating with people in a way that really gets them Interested. And we're talking about our experience. We're talking about our emotions. We're talking about our feelings. I'm not talking about how many kettlebell swings I need to do, what kind of supplement I need to take, what kind of breath work is gonna come next. No, we're talking about how I'm f- the 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 feeling of the pain and the feeling of the transformation. And if you can showcase that and show me through your own steps that you've taken that you have found the shortcut that I need to be to get the, the goal that I want to have, then I will trust you enough to listen to the some of the technical things. But you've got to get me there first. And that's what a lot of people miss out on. And a lot of people, especially when they're just starting out, especially in the health and fitness places, you learn all of these things and these protocols, and you fire hose people with all this information. And it like it just it, it, it works absolutely contrary to your goals.
0: Which is why I love the strong coach process of interviewing, you know, 10 to 20 prospective clients and really zeroing in on the problems that they're facing and playing what we call the curiosity game of asking questions to get them a layer deeper so that they're really in the, the third and fourth order cause and effect of their problems and their, you know, coming to new awarenesses that they've never really gotten to before. And it's a, it's a powerful coaching process, even just doing that of talking people into understanding the root cause. So really appreciate you expounding on that. This has been a, a beautiful conversation connecting with you, having you on the show today. Where would you like to direct people? I know you have several books. I know you've got a program. Um, how, how can people work with you and where can they find you?
1: Thank you so much. Um, you can you can the first first place to learn about me. Check out my podcast. Check out my books. Check out my blogs, all on telling better stories and increasing your sales and conversion rates with better stories at thestoryengine.co. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at heykylegray, um, and I believe it's the same on Facebook as well. So uh, I I post. I post on Instagram most often. I publish a podcast weekly, and um, probably the best the best way for a lot of people in your audience, if you're if you're interested in working with me, is a about quarterly. I host a group program called Story Pro, and over the course of one month, we'll go through four components essential components of creating a great signature presentation from your origin story to what you teach to giving a great call to action and putting in over the course of a month building something that you can use to get on a podcast to give a webinar to get on stage and it also it gives you confidence and equipment to use these individual stories in your social media in your sales calls and even like gives you new tools to play in the curiosity game prospecting uh stories from your clients and so this is a, an absolutely foundational communication skill set that we learn over the course of a month where we do group calls. I also have a, a course which guides you with short five-minute videos through every component of crafting a great talk, and we work on it together. So um, if you're interested, come re- find me on the storyengine.co or on in Instagram, and if that sounds like a fun program, uh, send me a message and I'll, I'll let you know when the next one is opened up. And uh, thank you so much for having me um you you ask brilliant profound questions and again i i can't uh thank you and this community enough for the work that you're doing and the space that you're holding and and once again i feel it's so it's so very important to be at your best right
0: now 100% beautiful i i imagine you know many profound changes come as a result of your program And I'm very grateful for you, for who you show up in the world, and for the the time that you've taken to speak with me today. Sending you so much love. Wishing you a beautiful afternoon. Peace. Thank you, Nick.